0: You're listening to Bible Truth Feed, a podcast by Christadelphianvideo.org for Christadelphians and all those seeking the truth about the Bible message. Join us now as we present our latest episode.
1: What we're talking about today is the, the, the date of the New Testament, but particularly the date of the Gospels. We're talking about that because it, it, it's fairly crucial to the various different uh, areas where people are uh, attacking uh, the Bible and Christianity at the moment. Um, if you go on the Internet or if you um, read uh, an article nowadays, you tend to find that that one of the big characters that, that people are following is a chap called uh, Bart Ehrman and uh, he's a useful chap in that he summarises the different attacks that are being made on the New Testament by various uh, critics, and and, um, I call them pop critics. They're not usually very academic, though often they're professors of this, that, and the other. Uh, Ehrman himself is a professor at the State University in America. But the first thing they say is well the New Testament we've got isn't the original New Testament. it's been changed by the church since it was written and we'll perhaps look at that another time uh, if we have uh, if we carry on with the sessions there's the idea that there were the Christianity was very diverse with different congregations believing different things. each of them produced its own books. Uh, and that well we have this is that the books we've got on were selected later on by the church to fit their particular views. Uh, obvious connection is they didn't choose very well then, did they? Uh, but nevertheless, um, uh, that's what he's going out. So, it's the question of what books should be in the New Testament, what books shouldn't there's the idea that the books of the new testament weren't written by uh apostles or by a, the people that, that it's asserted wrote them but by other people much later on who were pretending to be apostles and so that really they're they're forgeries uh and there's the idea that the accounts of jesus in the gospel are the result of a kind of chinese whispers te- telephones in america uh, process where people told stories to one another and they, the the details got changed. In fact, the whole stories became almost unrecognizable uh, before they were written down in the Gospels. Those are, are the the four different main attacks on on the 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 Bible or on the Gospels at least. Uh, the main area where people are interested is, is the Gospels. But crucial to all of those is the question of when the Gospels were written, were they written close to the time of Jesus, were they written a long time afterwards? If they were written close to the time of Jesus, then people uh, wouldn't have had much time to change the stories. Not only that, there'd be people who were alive who'd actually seen the events who would be able to say, well, that's wrong if something was invented. Um, so you've got to check. On it, the 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 uh, critical view that Ehrman espouses tends to assume that the apostles died about ten seconds after the resurrection or after the crucifixion, and that the Bible was passed on without any intervention by them. In fact, they would live on for quite a long time, and so would be able to check what was written down um, if it was written within their lifetime. So uh, that means that the dates of the apostles. So the dates of the Gospels was um, quite important. If the Gospels were written early, then the Apostles would be alive when they were written, and they would be able to tell people what they'd seen, along with other people who weren't Apostles but were still around, and they'd be able to comment on the accuracy. So once a Gospel appeared, the, gospel, the Apostles were built able to say, no, that's completely wrong, don't bother with it, wait for uh, one which is more accurate. Um, on the other hand if they were written late then the apostles would have been dead so would other witnesses and so the gospels couldn't have come directly from the apostles Matthew and and John are supposed to come directly from the apostles if the apostles were dead and these were written later uh, then the claims are are false straight away Um, the apostles wouldn't be able to decide whether they were Accurate or not, the apostles are now dead. So uh, anything could get in there. That's the theory. And uh, there'd be lies about the titles. They, they, they would be, and same with the letters, that these would be uh, forgeries. And even in the ancient world, uh, it was considered a bad thing to write in somebody else's name. So let's look at the dates. Um, now, the dating thing I've got there goes up to 200 AD. Uh That's way after the last gospel could possibly have been written. And uh, it goes back to the birth of Jesus. And I put a a red dot at 70 AD. Things written after 70 AD would be written after the apostles weren't really available. John is supposed to have lived on until 98 AD at least. He lived on to the reign of Trajan, so there's at least one apostle there. But uh, in 70 AD, the witnesses would be dispersed. It'd be hard to get. You went if you went to Nain, you'd find a ruin, whereas before 70 AD, you'd find people who remembered the resurrection of the, the widow, uh, the widow's son there. Um, so the ability to check the accuracy of gospel accounts would vanish after 70 AD, it would rapidly go. Um, so let's look at the dates people assigned to the gospels. And so I've got Erman as the the first um one he's actually fairly conservative for pop critic but notice he places everything after 70 ad uh and he uh places john between 90 and 100 ad he's 1995 rather interestingly uh it's it, it makes him as i said fairly conservative if you go on to Dustin jones who's quite popular on the internet and a lot of uh, people quote his dates He's got John maybe as late as 150 AD. And in fact, he, having put a range between 110 and 150, then treats it as though 150 was the actual date. Um, but uh, he pushes the the the, uh, the evidence as far as it can go into the future and then some on top of that. Uh, and uh, he's very determined that nothing could be written before 70 AD. And that's the sort of date. These, the ones I, I've outlined in red here, these are people who are really just working on a consensus. They don't have any reason for their dates other than that they've talked to other people who believe those dates are about right. So as far as they're concerned, that's a consensus of the people that they know and typically read. Wikipedia is a good place for looking for consensuses, typically somewhat um, uh, progressive in in modern idea um, sources. Wikipedia looks at the more progressive sources and it, it puts uh, dates which are a bit like the ones in Ermine It's put Matthew and Luke a bit later. John, it's a uh, wider range. And Mark, though, is put a little earlier. Um, and that's probably quite a, a reasonable consensus if you if you're looking at what scholars say from ff bruce onwards they tend to have dates about around that area So look now at people who actually did studies on the dates actually look at evidence as opposed to trying to put together a consensus of the people they know and uh, this one is is harnack harnack is is writing in uh 1897 and um he's writing against a background where people believed they were absolutely adamant that all the gospels were written in the second or even third centuries. So they didn't have much evidence. There's no Dead Sea Scrolls. There's no really early papyrus manuscripts of the New Testament around. Um, And they, they are working on the ideas that doctrine developed and the take the uh protestant interpretation typically the lutheran interpretation of the new testament and they say when did that appear and they they can see it appeared quite late in church history and so they say well we got the lutheran interpretation of the Gospels, so they must have been written quite late when these ideas first appeared in the church and harnack was fairly appalled by that. From the evidence he could, the more sober evidence he could get, he said, Well, it has to be much earlier. And he is pushing things as early as he could get away with um, on the basis of evidence. He hasn't got much evidence for the earliest possible date, but the latest dates he could find were well, he thinks Mark must have been written before 70 AD, Matthew, maybe a little after, uh, John must be written before 100 AD 110 AD because of quotations in early church fathers uh, in that next decade um, kimmel's writing in the uh, in the 1960s uh, that the one i've i've got is a, a study which was published in uh 1963 and again it's based on on the data he had available he didn't look at the dead sea scrolls but he has seen the Ryland's fragment so he knows that john's gospel has got to be written in the first century <coughs> again he's he's still working against a very very strong critical movement and these look very early to the critics that he's writing for and then we get a bombshell we got john a.t robinson who is writing 1976 worthwhile reading his book because his method is interesting Uh, and he suddenly places everything well before 70 AD and he points out that in fact there's nothing in the gospels that suggests a date after 70 AD for any of them in fact most of them don't mention the Jewish war at all in fact the only mention we've got is a prediction that some problem is going to come which is the Oliver prophecy there's detail in that but the detail actually is fulfilled much much later uh, not just in 70 A.D., but rather longer after 70 A.D. So uh, it, it's got to be a prediction, um, and uh, he pushes everything way before 70 A.D. and possibly into the the forties A.D. Um, and finally, we've got Wenham, who is writing in 1992 as a reprint second edition of 2005 or something like that and uh, he uh, works on early church fathers mainly and places uh, Matthew Mark and Luke he doesn't date John all before 60 AD Luke he puts between 50 and 55 Mark in the mid 40s and Matthew Probably before well, certainly before 44, and maybe before 40 AD, even uh, before the apostles were dispersed from Jerusalem. So it's a, a, a very early set of dates, um, based mainly on on the church fathers. But it's it's quite an interesting read, is his book. Uh I own dates, which was what I'm going to develop in a moment, are a bit later than Wenham, um, but earlier than the the critics. And I also put the New Testament as complete well before 70 AD, uh, at least the Gospels anyway. Um, so there's a couple of lines just to show how they compare. So my mark corresponds to Wenham's Luke. And uh, the latest date I have fits in about with the latest date Robinson gives for John. So let's start thinking about the evidence for the dating. The important thing is, were things written before or after 70 AD, really? But uh, fixed points. I'm going to take the resurrection as happening in 30 AD. There are actually two possibles. It could be 30 AD, it could be 33 AD. Uh, those are the two years that, that fit the description we have in the Gospels. The difficulty for 33 is you've got to fit in the the, the conversion of the Apostle Paul which seems to have happened in 33 AD so uh, it, it would have to be only 6 months after the resurrection it doesn't read like that or it doesn't actually uh, contradict you actually contradicting um that the the, uh, the the idea that the resurrection is there it could just possibly have got in but the feeling is that it's a, a bit longer before paul uh, has his experience on the road to damascus Six months seems a very short time for all the things that get in there. Um, other fixed points. Well, the one everyone knows about is the 70 AD uh, date for in which Jerusalem was destroyed. And that was a, a really major event, something that isn't ignored. So anything, any Jewish writing for the next, sort of two decades, mentions the destruction of Jerusalem as a past event. Um, and Gospels, while you don't think of them as Jewish writings, the people who wrote three of them were Jewish people, uh, originally anyway, and you'd expect them to be absolutely shocked by the destruction of Jerusalem. So the fact that it's not mentioned as a past uh, thing suggests that, that the Gospels are written before then. But, of course, uh, the destruction of Jerusalem uh, didn't happen one day. The Romans turned up and said, we'll destroy Jerusalem. It was part of a war. The war started in 66 AD and went on to 74 AD, with the the final thing being the fall of Masada. Um, So we've got uh, an extended period. Again, you'd expect, if the Gospels were written during that period, you'd expect some reflection of it. So the suggestion is that... um, None of the New Testament books is written during uh, the Jewish war. And you'd expect Paul to mention it in one of his letters if he was writing during that time. I don't think he was. Uh, And, of course, the Jewish war in which Jerusalem is destroyed is one of three. So there are two of the later wars, the Kitos War, which... There were no real inhabitants of, of Judea at the time to revolt, but all over the, the um, Middle East, Jews went into revolt against the Romans. And there's the Bar Kochba revolt, revolt 132 to 135. And some of the pop critics find the echoes of those in the Gospels, but they're very unconvincing. Um, the other main point in dating the New Testament is, is the fire of Rome, which starts on the the 19th of July in 64 AD and destroys about half of the city of Rome. And uh, that's important because it's the start of the persecution. Nero take perhaps another three or four months for the the persecution to start after the fire. Might even be as much as six months. But um, somewhere at the end of 64 AD, beginning of 65 AD, the persecution starts, and it's severe. Christians in Rome are rounded up, uh, more are rounded up. They're put to death in a horrible way. Uh, Throughout the empire, Christianity is declared an illegal religion, and you get that kind of um, flavor to Christian writings later on. They're expecting persecution. The New Testament doesn't expect persecution, with the exception of the, the Revelation It it acts, you find, that um, when Paul gets brought up in front of the authorities, he can appeal to the Romans for protection. That wouldn't happen after Nero's persecution started, not ever, not until 315, something like that. Um, So uh, we've got a, 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 a background to the New Testament, which seems to be much before the start of Nero's persecution, it gets mentioned in uh, the letters of Peter, as a persecution preparing, but it hasn't started yet. Um, the other fixed point, which tends to get ignored, is the edict of Claudius. Um, Claudius um, has the Jews expelled from Rome's Rome, and the uh, the historic Roman historians. Tell us that because they were rioting about someone called Christus, uh, Christos, of course, the 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 the, the Messiah. Now, it, it's quite possible that it was Jewish Christians and 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 uh, Jews who weren't Christians who were were uh, getting uh, into in, into to bother with one another, or it could be that there was someone else who was claiming to be a mess a Messiah. Um, but we do get that as a date, and it's referred to in Acts. Uh, Paul arrives in Corinth just after the edict of Claudius, um, so that that helps us to date things. So we we we've got some fixed points. We can try and date things against those those fixed points. Okay. So let's look at the reasons that the the critics give for dating things late. First of all, there's the Jewish War and the Olivet Prophecy. And the Olivet Prophecy predicts that the Temple would be destroyed and jerusalem with it the um the critics say well you you can't have a prediction of the future so therefore the new testament must have been written or at least the gospels must have been written after the temple was destroyed otherwise jesus wouldn't have predicted it or it wouldn't have been seen predicted there's actually quite a bit of detail in there uh, and so they say it's written after the event or the, the Oliver prophecy is written after the event so Matthew, Mark, and Luke must be written after seventy A.D., um, and they put John after those as well. Now, the interesting thing here is that it, it doesn't really fit very well, doesn't that idea? First of all, there's a difference between significant details and memorable details. The Oliver prophecy mentions the significant details, the things that are important um, for the the, the 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 history of mankind and and for the gospel, but it doesn't mention the most memorable. Details. the most memorable details were the the the, the sheer slaughter people who, who saw it happen or who, who had access to to people who knew about it were appalled by the number of people who were killed that was one of them and the other one is the fire uh, that the, the temple was destroyed by fire the city burned and that killed more people and that was again in in writings after the event that is the thing that stands out the, the, the fire of jerusalem and the, the the number of people who were killed so the oliver prophecy doesn't read like something written after the event it reached by something that predicts it uh now the other point about it is that it doesn't just predict the destruction of jerusalem in in some detail it destroys it, it predicts the return of jesus in some detail so um maybe we should conclude if we're going to say well it couldn't predict anything in detail after jesus's return we'd have to decide that um the gospel's written after the return of jesus uh it doesn't really make that much sense and uh the other thing is that there's no suggestion that the the olivet prophecy is fulfilled um if you think uh about uh uh the 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 um prophecy of agabus uh in acts um acts 11 and verse 28 look at that acts 11 verse 28 the the well, 20, verse 27 for connection it says in these days prophets came down from jerusalem to antioch and one of them named agabus stood up and foretold by the spirit there will be great famine over all the world this took place in the days of claudius so we've got a fairly minor character. Agabus turns up a couple of times, but he's a fairly minor character in the New Testament. And he produces a prophecy and it's fulfilled. And that says, look, it was fulfilled. So if Jesus gave a prophecy, and it was fulfilled. You would definitely expect them to put the fulfillment of that in. But uh, the, there's nothing like that in the Gospels, which suggests the o- Oliver prophecy wasn't fulfilled at the time the Gospels wrote them down. So that's one of the reasons given, the, the Jewish war, and that reason doesn't really hold uh, water. And in fact, there's no mention of the Jewish war in the Gospels, which suggests that the Gospels are written before 66 AD when it, it broke out, rather than before 70 AD when Jerusalem was destroyed. Um So... The suggestion is that the prophecy they're recording something delivered before 66 AD. And the fact they don't re- report the fulfillment suggests that, that they were the whole thing was written down after uh, sorry, before the 66 AD start to the war. Another thing they give is a thing called the Council of Jamnia. It's allegedly a council in the 80s AD. Some people put it very precisely at 86 AD. And it, uh, it's alleged that at that, the Jews decided that the canon of the Old Testament and decided that Christians should be excluded from the synagogue. And so John's Gospel, the three different references there, uh, where it talks about people being excluded from the synagogue. And they say, well, that didn't happen till uh, 86, the Council of Jamnia. So they say John is reflecting that in his uh, what he's writing so it must, John must have been written after the council of Jamnia. Um, well, there's a problem in that there, there's obviously a conflict between Jesus and the Jewish authorities right from the start. Jesus was crucified. He was crucified on the instigation of the Jewish authorities. He was crucified not only by Jews, but by Gentiles as well. But nevertheless, uh it shows there was a conflict between Jesus and the Jewish authorities. And that goes right back to the time of Jesus's ministry. You don't have to wait until some council in the 80s to exclude Christians from the synagogue. (coughs) And of course, if you read the letters of Paul, you find that there's conflict between Paul and the Jewish authorities. There's conflict both ways. Before, when Paul was part of the Jewish authorities, he is persecuting Christians, and he writes about that in his letters and uh, later on there's conflict between paul and the jewish authorities and paul is is dead long before the council of jamnia second thing is you try and actually find evidence for the council of jamnia in jewish writings which is why it supposedly has its effect you find there actually is no evidence at all of any council at jamnia that doesn't seem to have happened so they're basing it on an event which never took place and in any case there wasn't uh, a unified jewish authority they, 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 once the the once the the sanhedrin in in jerusalem was 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 finished in in the, the 70 ad war there wasn't a universal authority for jews throughout uh, throughout the world so they couldn't make a decision which was binding on everybody else in any case um it doesn't make sense so that reason just falls over uh it's just there to, to boost skeptical arguments and it, it there's no evidence it's, it's, it's completely built on quicksand and the third reason that they give is that is the idea of the trinity the doctrine of trinity developed solely in the early church we can agree with that um and it doesn't appear the earliest possible times it might appear is the end of the second century uh, in fact it's developing the, the, the people who are talking about the Trinity in the end of the second century would have been marked down as heretics and excluded from the church in, in after the Council of Nicaea. Um, but uh, the critics, again, they're, they're very orthodox in many ways. They assume Lutheran theology, and they assume that the Gospel of John particularly teaches the doctrine of the Trinity. Uh, it doesn't, but they assume it does. And so they say, well, as the doctrine of the Trinity wasn't there in the early church, but um, it is there in John's Gospel, therefore John's Gospel must have been written late. And they say the same thing for Philippians. They say, oh, it has got a Trinitarian statement in it, so that must have been written late. And they they place some of Paul's letters late on that same thing. Well, of course, we know the Gospel of John doesn't contain any Trinitarian passages. It contains passages people like to reinterpret in a Trinitarian manner. But that's not the same thing. It doesn't mean that that was John's intention when he wrote them. And the same thing is true of the epistles. Um, Well, the the development of Trinitarian doctrine does come much later than than the the first century, but it isn't in the Gospels, so it doesn't affect our dating of the Gospels. So they're they're based, their argument on theological assumption, which is that the Gospels are much, much more Trinitarian than they in reality are. So that's the, the undermined the idea for for late datings. Um, we've got physical evidence. We've got papyri. The, the earliest undisputed papyrus fragment we've got is P52, the Rylance fragment. It's, it's John's Gospel. Now, with these papyri, you've got to put a, a, a range on. I've put that at the middle date but it's generally reckoned to be somewhere somewhere between 90 AD and 140, and with most likely dates somewhere around 120. Uh, The critics tend to push that back to possibly 150, Um, but even they have to admit that a first century date is just about possible. And it was found in the Fayoum, which is very, very rural Egypt, way off the beaten track. So the suggestion is that, therefore, the Gospel of John must have been copied several times before the Ryland's fragment was produced. Of course, that doesn't hold for definite. could have been a first-generation copy, which was then much later taken to the fireman where it was buried. Um, but people tend to reckon, though, it, it would be get there fairly early on. So therefore, John is written rather earlier. Not the only papyrus. There are a whole lot of other papyri fairly earlier. There's, there's um, P104 is an interesting one because the dating they've got for that is somewhere in the second century, anywhere between 100 AD and 200 AD. Um, P90, average dating around 150, but could be as early as the Rylance fragment or quite a bit later. And we've got two Substantial papyri, but P75 has uh, about two-thirds of John, a fair bit of Luke, uh, and that's written considerably before 200 AD. It's unlike, highly unlikely it was written after 200 AD, but um, probably not long before 200 AD. And you've got P66, which is an um, almost complete copy of John, a couple of pages missing, and it's occasionally got worn away at the corners. But that's also uh, pre-200 AD. So we've we've got physical evidence which is saying it's not a 2nd century um, thing. The Gospels aren't uh, written in the 2nd century. It must have been written before 100 AD. And you also get quotations in the early church fathers. The early church fathers, these are um, Christian writers before the, the the Council of Nicaea. Uh, and later on the early church decided they were orthodox and called them church fathers. Other writers of that period who weren't orthodox were considered to be heretics instead. Uh, And there's a set of of quotations of the Gospels. So Irenaeus of Lyon uh, quotes all four Gospels, and he quotes them by name. He says, Matthew says, Mark says, Luke says, John says. And in fact, he says they are just four Gospels and names them just to add to the fun. Going a little earlier than him, they've got Justin Martyr, in about writing about 150 AD, who quotes from Matthew, Luke, and John. Doesn't name them, but just quote from them. Polycarp, 100, somewhere between 120 and 140 AD. Again, he quotes from Matthew, Luke, and John. Ignatius of Antioch is an interesting character. He writes a whole pile of letters. To different churches. He's on he's been taken to Rome to be, he's a Roman citizen, so he's been taken to Rome and to, to Caesar. We're going to be killed in Rome. Um, and he he writes on his as he goes along to each each church as he passes it, he writes a letter. And he also quotes from Matthew, Luke, and John. And uh, he died probably 115 AD, but possibly as late as 117. Um, so we've got as he's got quite copious quotations from those, those. Three books must have existed uh, by 115-ish. And you've got Clement of Rome, who is writing almost certainly 96 AD, but certainly before 98 AD. And he quotes from Matthew, Mark and Luke, but not from John. So you can place those, or there's others, there's a the thing called a Didache, which uh, has got quite a wide range of dates. No one's dead certain when it was written, and it's an anonymous uh, writing, but that quotes from Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And there's the thing called the Epistle of Barnabas. Um, it wasn't written by Barnabas, that's for certain. It's written by somebody claiming to be Barnabas. Might have been somebody else also called Barnabas. And he quotes from the Gospel of Luke, um, or the writer does. And altogether, we've got a, 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 a nice picture. And then finally, there's a thing called the Diatessaron, which is a harmony of the four Gospels Diatessaron from four. In Greek, it's a harmony of four Gospels. It's a story of Jesus. And that's written by a follower of Justin Martyr, a disciple of Justin Martyr called Tashin, Tashin, who is writing somewhere between 150 and 170, probably toward the earlier end of that range. And he quotes from all four Gospels. So they must all exist by that time. So again, put them in. And uh, we're getting a period fairly early on, synoptic Gospels have to be written before ninety six. Gospel of John has to be written before about one hundred and fifteen uh, in order for them to be able to quote it. In fact, probably quite a bit before that because uh, there's no point in Ignatius quoting a gospel unless both he has a copy and the people who are receiving his letter have a copy. So there are plenty of copies around by this stage. Clement of Rome's quite interesting when he quotes Matthew, uh, the Greek he quotes is different from the Greek of Matthew, but it's clear that it's Matthew he's quoting. Uh, if you, you compare it with the, the variants of the sayings in other uh, Gospels, he has um, the, the Matthew variation, it's that clear, but um, it's not identically worded. Um, suggestion is that he's actually quoting a Latin translation of the Gospel of Matthew, which has been translated back into Greek as he's sending off to Corinth. Uh, uh, But uh, Clement of Rome would have a Latin uh, gospel, which he translated back into Greek for the the purposes of sending a letter to a Greek-speaking area. Um, That suggests not only did was Matthew written by 96 AD, but it had been translated into Latin by that time. It's quite possible we've got 2nd-century Latin, uh, translations of Matthew, fragments of. So let's look at, at the individual books. Um, Acts of the Apostles. So the first thing is uh, Acts 18 and verse 2. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 18 and verse 2. And it's, uh, it says, Paul's arrived in Corinth. It says, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus recently come from italy with his wife priscilla because claudius had commanded all the jews to leave rome so we can we can uh, date the this edict of claudius from later historians and it comes in 49 a.d so uh early on in 49 a.d aquila leaves rome and comes to corinth and then paul finds him there so we've got paul arriving in corinth in 49 a.d it's at the end of a very long journey it's the longest during the the year when he travelled further than any other year uh, that he he uh, he walked in, uh, so uh, it's be the end of the travelling season for that year. So it's going to be something like October, and Paul arrives in Corinth, and we know how long Corinth Paul stayed in Corinth. Uh, so go down the chapter of Acts eighteen to verse uh, eleven. We've got Paul stayed a year and six months. That's in Corinth, teaching the word of God among them, verse 12. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal. So uh, we've got a year and a half after Paul appears in Rome in 49 AD. You've got 51 AD when Gallio becomes governor of Achaia. And that's something we can place very nicely because Gallio left an inscription in Delphi where he conveniently mentions the, the which year of the, the Emperor Claudius he was um, was, was governor in. Uh, he mentions it by the number of times that Claudius was was acclaimed uh, a tribune so the, the, it, it doesn't give an actual year but he does give a number of, of proclamations and we know when all those happened. Uh, Gallio was only governor for six months. Seneca, his brother, wrote rather scathingly about the fact that Gallio had not liked Corinth and had pleaded illness and come home. Uh, so we've got a fairly precise date for that. And it's 51 AD. It fits in with the 49 AD date. Um, we can then follow Paul's travels. We know where he was. We know how long it took him to travel. We know where he spends the winter. And he gets to Ephesus. He spends quite a long time in Ephesus, nearly three years in Ephesus. And in 55 AD, he's about to leave Ephesus. And 1 Corinthians mentions that he's going to stay there till Pentecost. So we even know uh, that 1 Corinthians was written between Passover and Pentecost. Uh, So that places 1 Corinthians very clearly in 55 AD. Uh, fifty-seven A.D. He's he's travelled around. He's been to Corinth again. He gets back to Jerusalem, and it's a we passage. It's a passage which refers to uh, Paul and his companions as we travelled. We came in, and uh, so he arrives in Jerusalem with Luke, uh, and he stays there for a while. In prison, he's captured almost straight away. Fairly soon after that, he's taken to Caesarea, but he's in, in uh, uh, Roman Judea for two years. And then he's taken off to Rome, shipwrecked at the end of 59 AD, gets one of the earliest ships out of Malta uh, in the next traveling period. So in the spring of 60 AD, and probably fairly early spring, because a, a premium on grain, if you could get it to Rome, one of the first ships you could sell it at a much higher price. So ships race to get in there by that stage. And uh, Paul arrives in Rome and uh, it'd be early in the year. And that's 60 AD. Uh, and then Acts ends. If you go to the right to the end of Acts, uh, Acts chapter 28 and verse 30. Just read that. It says Paul lived there in Rome two whole years at his own expense and he welcomed all who came to him proclaiming the kingdom of god and teaching about the lord jesus christ with all boldness and without hindrance in other words it ends when nothing happens now normally you'd say he stayed there until he was released or until he was tried or something like that it doesn't he just says two years two whole years so it's a we're talking about exact more exactly two years after he arrives, so we're talking early in 62 AD, and Acts just comes to an end without any significant thing. Uh, the only reason for doing that is that's when Acts was written. So that gives us a date for the writing of Acts, early 62 AD. Uh, and to back that up, um, uh, Peter and Paul, the apostles, died in 65 AD, death's not mentioned. James, the brother of Jesus, dies towards the end of 62 AD. That's in Josephus. Uh, You'd expect that to be mentioned in Acts, but it's not. Uh, And so Acts has got this picture being written early on in 62 uh, AD. That's quite useful because it helps us to date the Gospel of Luke. Uh, So Luke's written before Acts, first uh, chapter, verse of Acts. Uh, mentions the former treatise, which is Luke. So Luke is written before Acts. It's an earlier book, an earlier writing. Uh, so Acts is written before the earliest part of 62 AD. So I'll put it in the 61 AD. And we know when Luke was in Jerusalem. He went there and met James. We've got that in Acts 21 and verses 17 and 18. So uh, Luke met James in, in Jerusalem. The the dates fit quite nicely. He arrives in Jerusalem, they're trying to get there in time for Pentecost. We don't know whether they got there before or after Pentecost, it's just not mentioned, but we know they were trying to get there for Pentecost. So it's around Pentecost time that Luke uh, arrives in Jerusalem. So the gospel must have been written after that, as Luke's got to be able to collect his information. Uh, and there are a couple of quotations one, Timothy. Uh, quotes from Luke. It says, "You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the labor deserves his wages." Well, uh, there are two different versions of that. There's a Matthew version and the Luke version. Jesus probably gave his uh, his saying in Aramaic, and the the word he used for wages has been translated as two different Greek words. And this is the Luke version that we have in one Timothy. And we can date 1 Timothy to late 62 AD. So again, that shows Luke already written by then. And not only is it written by then, it's accepted as scripture. So by Luke, uh, by 762 AD, Luke is written and accepted as scripture. And there's another uh, possible allusion to Luke's gospel, the the, um, parable of the uh, importunate widow, the unjust judge. And uh, the woman, the widow in there, uh, continues in supplications and prayers night and day, which is a sort of allusion there in Timothy. So that's an allusion to it, Luke 18. So it looks very strongly that Luke is written in 60, before 62 AD. One Timothy is written in 62 AD. So we've got a, a, a period between 57 and 62 AD. When the Gospel of Luke must have been written, John's Gospel, you can place it fairly well before 70 AD. There's an example there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, with five Ruth colonnades. So, first of all, it's an archaeological detail, but it is in Jerusalem. It's there now. Is John is writing? Well, he would know when Jerusalem was destroyed. The whole world knew it was put on the coins. Uh, Judea Capta uh, coins went on for the next three em- emperors. Um, so uh, Bethesda exists when John was written and it was destroyed in 70 AD. So John's written before 70 AD um, and it doesn't mention the Jewish war at all. So it's probably therefore written before 66 AD. When's the earliest it could be written? Well, there's a reference, possibly to the death of Peter. Well, it's definitely a reference to the death of Peter, but it seems to imply that everyone would know how Peter died. And uh, well, Peter would die in Nero's persecution, probably early on in Nero's persecution, uh, and so probably in late sixty-four, early sixty-five AD. So probably more likely early sixty-five. So. Gospel of John must be written after the death of Peter in 65, but before the start of the Jewish war in 66. It gives us the second half of 65 or the first half of 66. It's, uh, it's quite a narrow window. It must have been written. It's only a little bit more than a year, uh, and we know John's written in that period. Uh, Matthew. Matthew's actually the hardest one to date, um, but... There's another mention of a place which is in Jerusalem. It says that field has been called the field of blood up to this day. So people still knew the name of that field when Matthew was written. Well, when Jerusalem was destroyed, the population that were left were taken away as slaves. It's unlikely they would remember the names of particular fields on the outskirts of Jerusalem. Not only that, but the Romans destroyed all the field boundaries, all the fences, hedges, anything like that were all ripped down and used. If it was stone, they were used as ammunition to fire into the city. If they were wood, they used either as firewood or to build siege engines, depending on how big the piece of wood was. So the field boundaries went, the trees were all cut down, the the people were killed. It wouldn't be called a field of blood any longer. No one would remember that. That, that is what it's called. And yet Matthew says it's called that up to this time. So it must be written before uh, the uh, 70 AD destruction of Jerusalem. And again, there's no reference to Jewish war. So we've got it before 66 AD. After that, it gets a bit more difficult. Um, the earliest date is rather difficult to work out. Wenham says it must have been written in, while there were still apostles in Jerusalem, Uh, which they were dispersed when Herod and Agrippa um, started to persecute apostles. That's the theory. Um, So Wenham puts it before 41 AD. Um, But uh, if you look at the genealogies, if you say that Luke has the genealogy of Mary, uh, then Mary could only keep her birthright, as long as she married somebody else, who was also in line of succession. So if she wants to continue to call herself a daughter of David, she has to marry someone who is a son of David. So uh, Matthew's genealogy of Joseph is very important to fulfill that particular law, so the law of the daughters of Zelophehad, um, which suggests that Matthew is filling in a gap in Luke's Genealogy, which suggests it's written after Luke, but it's it's a not the strongest argument, but nonetheless, there is a, it's at least an argument, and that would put uh, Matthew after Luke, if Luke's written in sixty A.D., then it's after sixty A.D. Um, so we've got a some kind of early date for Matthew, Mark. Well. Uh, We're dependent here on early church fathers for most of it. So the earliest writings about it, Papias, Irenaeus, uh, Justin Martyr, say that Mark and Polycarp say that Mark wrote his gospel from information given by Peter. Peter went on a preaching trip and uh, Mark was his interpreter. And when people wanted a, a written record of what they had heard, Mark wrote down what Peter had told him in his gospel, adding a few extra things—a bit from his own experience, a bit from one or two other witnesses. Um, and if you start looking at own coincidences, you can see that that there are good reasons for putting Mark uh, as connected to Peter. For example, when he talks about—well, give some examples. When you look at about the the the, the uh, events, you find that Peter is present. Uh, just about every event reported in Mark, anything where Peter isn't there doesn't get in, except for the women going to the tomb. That's the only exception there. And the accounts are told from the point of view of Peter. It's not quite so obvious as it is in the case of John. John's gospel very much from the point of view of John. But Peter's perspective, the accounts are told from Peter's point of view. So again, there's a connection. Uh, you get plural to singular uh, construction. Let's give an example of that. The first one, Mark chapter 1 and verse 21. Uh, so Mark 1 verse 21, it says, And they went into Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue. And uh, if you replace the they with we, you get a very vivid um, account of what's going on. And uh, it looks as though Peter stood up and gave a talk. He talked about this particular event and he said, and we came to Capernaum and Jesus, he entered the synagogue. And uh, Mark, not being Peter, has written it down as they. Uh, So we've got this they to he construction. And another one, it talks about the house, which, uh, which in Greek is equivalent to talking about home. And in Mark's gospel, that tends to refer to Peter's house. Sometimes you can't track where it is, but where you can track it, it's Peter's house. Matthew's gospel also talks about the house, but that's always Matthew's house. It's a different house. Uh, so it looks as though it's talking about Peter throughout. So Peter is is the, the, the source for Mark's gospel. Um, so the, the patristic account does have something to back it up in in terms of undesigned coincidences well if you start looking about where peter was and where mark was there's a very brief period in 40 when or so 41 when uh, peter and mark could have got together and gone off on a preaching trip but really Peter is then in on the, uh, the the borders of Palestine for a long time. He's in, in Caesarea and in uh, Joppa and uh, in, in the, the area just inland from there. Uh, and Mark goes with Paul on his first missionary journey and then off with Barnabas to Cyprus. and it's not until 50 AD that they both uh, can get together. but at 50 AD they could both go off and uh, work together quite easily. Uh, but we also have some allusions to the gospel, uh, well, there's allusions to a gospel in Romans and in Corinthians, and some evidences that that gospel is Mark. Wenham thinks it's Luke, I think it's Mark. The reason I think it's Mark is, um, well, 1 Corinthians 7 verse 10, um, Paul is writing about something that the Corinthians should know comes from Jesus. And give this charge, not I, but the Lord. The wife should not separate from her husband. Now, Jesus teaches about divorce in all three of the synoptic Gospels. But in Matthew and Luke, he always talked about whether a husband should abandon his wife. The answer is he shouldn't. But in Mark's Gospel, it also mentions that a wife shouldn't leave her husband. Uh, and this is the one that is being quoted in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So it looks as though the gospel that the people in Corinth should know about is the gospel of Mark. So it's a source known to the Corinthians, and it seems to be Mark's gospel. Um, you get other references to a, a gospel; it's not quite so clear. It's Mark in uh, elsewhere in 1 Corinthians, in Romans. And in in 2 Corinthians, these are just evidence that a gospel existed. The Corinthians knew about it rather than a direct quotation from it. But it's an allusion to the the existence of such a document. Well, 1 Corinthians is written in 55 AD, in the spring between Passover and Pentecost. Uh, And Peter and Mark are, are not both free together until 50 AD. We saw that. So that puts Mark between 50 and 55 AD. Now, you've got to give a bit of time for Mark to write it after he's available in 50 and probably a bit of time for it to be distributed to Corinth and to Paul. So it's probably more likely, I don't know, 52 to 53 or 51 to 53, somewhere like that. Um, But we've got a picture of when Mark's gospel was written. So there's a time chart. Summarize it all. Um, We can date the the letters with very great accuracy often to a month or so um the gospels we have to put ranges in uh this these by the way first missionary journey second missionary journey, third missionary journey and paul in prison there in caesarea here in rome we've got mark's gospel we just said between 50 and 55 a.d but probably not too much at the beginning of that period, probably not too likely at the end of that period. We've got Luke after Paul arrives with Luke in in, uh, Judea, but before Acts is written. And so we've got it there in the late 50s or early 60s uh, AD. We've got Matthew after Luke. So if Luke's written late, Matthew must have been written late as well. And uh, it's probably written fairly soon uh, after that. Uh, It doesn't show any signs of the persecution of, of, of the fire of Rome or of the Jewish war. So probably towards the beginning of that period. But it could have been written right at any time up to 70 AD, just possibly. And John's Gospel after the death of Peter, but before the start of the Jewish war, and uh, certainly before 70 AD, probably I'm, I'm being a, a little bit con- uh, conservative, a little bit liberal in stretching it into the beginning of the Jewish war there. It probably almost certainly wasn't. So the point is that we have the Gospels written while the apostles were around to check their accuracy. And while there were plenty of other people who remember it, they were enemies of Jesus, they were, they were priests in jerusalem there were pharisees who had seen what jesus didn't said and could easily have challenged the gospels had they been incorrect Um, those people never did so the gospels look as though they're they're nicely early written and we can trust what they they say